Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 53 of Secrets of Shadowloo. We're in the Merganka section. We're talking about all the different things underneath Merganka. And today is Squid Day. There's a giant squid coming. A giant mutant squid. I've been teasing this. I know that I have you on the hook for this squid. So I'm going to save it for last. Let's leave it for dessert because there's a lot of other stuff on this page. This is the first substantive page of the Undercity section. So we're just getting into what's underneath the surface level of Merganka. We're going to be covering a number of different sectors of this Undercity, but let's start with a little introduction to the Undercity in general, courtesy of our old fictional, double fictional friend, the Pugilist. Reciting the mystic mantra I learned after my run-in with the thuggies of Punjab, see the Pugilist, number 27, I gathered my chi and tried to perform an ancient rite. Act normal, I thought. Act normal. You're supposed to be here. You're a security guard. That fact that I was still soaking wet didn't help. Sometimes the mantra worked, sometimes it didn't. As far as I know, this uh, mystical invisibility right is not in the Street Fighter system anywhere. Maybe ninjas have something like it, but it doesn't seem right for a boxer like the Pugilist. More inconsistencies. I'm beginning to think that this self-insert pulp action adventure written by a canonically unreliable narrator may not fully hang together. Let's keep our eyes on this. Quote, At the end of the corridor was an elevator shaft. I jammed my hands between the doors and pulled. They opened easily. Too easily. I got ready to climb down the shaft. So there's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of foreboding there. Why does this random-ass boxer have mystical rights to make him invisible? Why did Mrigonkin security possibly leave the elevator doors loose so that he could climb right down into the Undercity? Bonus question, is there a setting for leaving the elevator doors loose? I feel like loose doors is a custom option you would need to get on your elevators, which, if that's the case, it shows remarkable insight into how Street Fighters operate on a mission like this. Some real genius in Shadowloo security is like, so you want to lure in these street fighters, you say? Well, we shall simply leave the elevator doors slightly loose so that when they inevitably pull them open to climb down the empty elevator shaft to a location stories beneath the earth, we'll be ready for them. And that seems like a stretch, but here we are. They left those elevator doors loosey-goosey, and sure enough, an adventuring pugilist bumbled right in. You can't say Shadowloo security doesn't understand street fighters. What you can say is that all of the various departments in the Shadowloo Undercity, maybe because of their isolation from the surface world, have gotten pretty eccentric. Particularly in the sector we're going to be talking about today, the science sector. This is where all the Shadowloo uh, science experimentation happens. And this is not a tight ship. This is exactly what you would expect from Shadowloo's scientist hiring practices, where they just headhunt the evilest and most eccentric scientists they can find, give them all separate labs, and just tell them to fucking do evil, this is what you get. You get weird evil personal projects. Uh, the robot project we talked about earlier, where they've replaced their Shadowloo view screen with a TV and they just watch B-movies all the time and try to make monster robots like in the old sci-fi movies, that's here. Uh, there's something called the World Surveillance Project. This is the cutting edge of 90s surveillance technology. Quote, this location is also known as Room 13. The television screen on this side of the wall is used to monitor incoming data from the satellite dish. The screen can be divided into thousands of smaller view screens. Imagine the power. Imagine being able to gather information from a satellite dish. And if it's too much information for you to take in, 
no problem. This widescreen television has picture-in-picture. Picture. With thousands of smartwatch-sized screens all staring me in the face at once, I can surveil the whole world from room 13. It's incredibly efficient. Whoever designed this room was clearly ahead of their time because this has very much the same energy as those people who subscribe to like dozens of podcasts and listen to them all at triple speed. Uh, lobotomatic psychic perfection is also happening. Whatever that is, it's happening somewhere in this sector. Oh, I mentioned earlier the cryogenic suspension tanks. Okay, all I said at the time was it's the cryogenics area. This is where they freeze people. And you probably didn't question it any further, right? Like presumably, maybe from time to time, important people need to be frozen for a while for whatever reason. Maybe they're about to die and you're looking for a cure. Or maybe M. Bison kind of likes to freeze people in carbonite like Han Solo. But no, Chateau thought much bigger with its cryogenic facilities. Quote, since Bison is always paranoid about security, he has frozen hundreds of warriors and ninja from throughout the world and stored them in this room. He also has a few dozen spare scientists, just in case he really needs to kill everyone and start over. So this cryogenic facility is just full of row after row of tube after tube of, I don't know, ninjas, kung fu monks, champion boxers, all just frozen and ready to be popped in the microwave and loosed upon M. Bison's enemies in the event of an emergency on the island. This is a testament to Mergonka's wackiness, no doubt. But you know what? It's Shadaloo. If you've got hundreds of ninjas and soldiers and God knows what floating around in the organization, why not freeze a few? What's really impressive about this, honestly, is M. Bison's patience. Before my wife and I had our baby, we knew that the first few weeks were going to be really tough. And so we made and froze all this food so that we'd have quick meals during that like early newborn period. And I'm not going to lie, we, we took down some of those meals a little earlier than was intended. It's hard to resist when it's right there in the freezer ready to go. With hundreds of weird-ass warriors from around the world, not to mention dozens of frozen mad scientists just waiting to be unleashed on the world, it's pretty remarkable that M. Bison has never reheated these lasagnas, if you know what I mean. Shows a lot of restraint. Uh, this is also where the submarines and the submarine launching bay are. There are three submarines, uh, two standard submarines, and one mini-sub that is just for M. Bison. There is no illustration provided, but I will eat M. Bison's quasi-military dictator hat if this mini-sub is not red and purple. Say what you will about M. Bison, but he looks very put together. I don't think this man is venturing out under the waves with a submarine that doesn't match his cape. I just don't think that's who M. Bison is. And, and we know that a lot of this underwater Shadaloo stuff is painted red. Why? Because of the squid. It's finally squid time because the fourth level of the eastern science sector of the undercity of Mriganka contains, quote, the hyper-intelligent mutant squid. There's an illustration of this squid. It's just a squid. There's nothing there for scale. So I don't know what to tell you. It's just a squid. It has red eyes. I, I don't personally know whether regular squids have red eyes, but this one does. It has blank red eyes. And the blank part, I think, is significant. But first, let me tell you the uh, Shadaloo perspective on this squid. Quote, this is perhaps the most frightening application of the mind cannon technology to date. Bison's scientists have taken a giant squid from the ocean, which is the best place to get giant squid, accelerated its thought processes, and turned it into a psychopathic killing machine. The squid has become a mascot for many of the researchers, and he occasionally patrols the waters around the island. Despite his violent nature and cryptic demeanor, the scientists are quite fond of him. Occasionally, the giant squid patrols the waters with the frogmen. The frogmen all wear special red wetsuits, which allow the squid to distinguish them as objects that should not be eaten. I usually try to take the text at its word. You know, if you can't trust Shadaloo, who can you trust? In this case, it's not that I think Shadaloo is lying to us. It's that I think in this case, the eccentricity of 
the Shadaloo science program has just caused some of these evil scientists to lose their objectivity. You have to read between the lines, but do we really think this squid is intelligent? Does he really have all this, uh, all this personality, all this rage? Or is it that these evil scientists are eccentric, lonely, have built a much more intimate relationship, and have a lot more emotional investment in a single squid than any human being is ever meant to? I think they're projecting a lot of things onto him. They're under a lot of stress. They've clearly put a ton of work into this, and I just think they're projecting onto the squid. If Shadaloo had managed to uplift a giant squid so that it attained intelligence, I would expect it to be like lying in wait for intruders with like a clever ambush or accompanying a submarine crew to retrieve hidden treasure from the ocean floor. Or like it could be an evil mastermind that's actually running a portion of Mriganka from underneath the water. Instead, what this squid seems to be up to is, quote, occasionally patrolling the waters around the island. I feel like a giant squid patrol is not a thing you do occasionally, unless you have, as would be the typical case, no real control over what a giant squid does. And they don't claim to. There's nothing here that says they control the giant squid. They paint things red so that he knows not to eat them. That shows some level of intelligence. But isn't that kind of in the ballpark of normal squid intelligence? I mean, I'm definitely no expert, but I feel like many of our friends in the animal kingdom, if you present them with a blue food and a red food, and then give them like a little joy buzzer shock if they try to eat the red food, they'll eventually put together that it's a bad idea to eat a red food. And other than that little arrangement that they have, I don't see any indication in this blurb that Shadaloo's making this squid do anything. The crew loves him despite his flaws. It says that, quote, despite his violent nature and cryptic demeanor, the scientists are quite fond of him. Let's break this down. Violent nature and cryptic demeanor. What does that mean? To me, it says this is a squid who doesn't give a fuck about any of this Shadaloo business, doesn't give a fuck about these researchers, feels somewhat put upon by being restrained and occasionally joy buzzed when he tries to eat a red food. And so from time to time, when somebody gets too close to his giant appendages, he just grabs them and tears them up with his beak, Kraken style, crushes them, mangles them, bangs them against the side of the tank, whatever. And then when somebody comes to check on him, or maybe, you know, check on his handler, see what's taken Ginger from the squid department so long in today's feeding, and you find her floating at the top of the squid tank, and you look at this squid, you see what? Well, obviously, this squid is a psychopathic killer. But look at the impassive face, the cryptic demeanor of this stone-cold killer. Motherfucker, that's a squid. That's just a squid. He killed Ginger 15 minutes ago. Why would he be thinking about it now? He's thinking about if and when Ginger's replacement is going to show up with more fish, because he's just a squid. I think the researchers are just sort of taken with his charm. He's become a part of the family. He's like when you have a pet, you know, a dumb pet, like a cat, and you kind of ascribe an elaborate personality to them. But it's just a cat. This is just a squid. And also there's a professional incentive here. These are scientists who requisitioned a mind cannon to do experiments on uplifting animals, I guess, or like affecting their minds and intelligence in some way. And they went to the trouble of catching a giant squid to do this experiment. What are you going to say when Bison comes to visit the lab and he looks through the reinforced plexiglass and sees this squid just beak deep in the guts of whoever replaced Ginger? Are you going to say, we're sorry, we fucked up? We captured a giant squid because we thought we could do something cool with it, but it turns out we can't. And now we have literal tons of useless fucking squid on our hands. Or are you going to say, Mr. Bison, I present to you the most frightening application of the mind cannon to date. Behold this psychopathic killer. Behold his cryptic demeanor. Behold the hyper-intelligent mutant squid. 
He's not crushing all of our interns because he's a dumb squid. He's crushing all of our interns because he's a genius squid, an evil genius squid. That's the pitch you make to M. Bison. It's no wonder they still have their funding. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another dumb fucking giant squid tearing up the intern sometime soon, because I think Bison is going to be highly interested in this project and maybe want to roll out an expansion. But anyway, we got dual secrets of Shadowloo for today. Number one, there is a, quote, hyper-intelligent mutant squid that occasionally, quote, patrols the waters around Riganka. The second secret of Shadowloo is that this squid, let's just be objective, this giant squid, whatever they did to it, however they fucked up its poor squid brain, do squids have brains? However they fucked up its poor squid mind with the mind cannon, I don't know exactly, but it's in a real ambiguous place between hyper-intelligent mutant killer squid and imaginary friend to a crew of lonely evil scientists. And I can relate to these scientists. I mean, I've only been with this squid for one page. I already feel pretty close to it, pretty affectionate toward it. He's got a lot of charm. You can't deny it. He has a lot of charm, but he is maybe not the most successful project in enhanced intelligence. In fact, he's probably not even as successful as the one we're going to see next page, which is not even a deliberate experiment, but more of a byproduct of M. Bison's ongoing prank war against Vega. Join me next time for that on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power.